out there and welcome to another podcast session brought to you by Group Urban Foundation. So we've been having a series on cancer care we focus on um, in Nigeria and today we are going to be having another interesting topic. Yes, we're talking about survival cancer. Anyways, this um, session is brought to you by Group Urban Foundation with the support from Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation. And today we have with me your host, Dr. Asfabuego. We have Dr. Ayurvedi for Lashiri. She is a consultant, radiation, and clinical oncologist in the University College of Speech in Ibadan. You're welcome, sir. Thank you, uh, Dr. Uh, thank you, viewers. Okay, yes, we'll be talking about cervical cancer today. We know this is for women, and men are supporting women. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> uh, okay, so what is cervical cancer all about? Like, it's one of the very dreadful cancer types. So can you just give us like a background to it? Well, cervical cancer, like you have said, occurs in women. And it's, uh, in this environment, is the second leading cause uh, cancer in uh, women. So, uh, it's a cancer that occurs at the tip of uh, women uh, uh, genitalia, the uh, what we call the cervix, uh, the the mouth of the womb. So that is where. This cancer occurs and it's called, so it's called cervical cancer. Okay, thank you, sir. So it occurs at the tip or the mouth of the womb. Oh, that means the very personal one that people can really hide. Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, it's not exposed to it, it's usually at the tip of the womb. Okay, sir. So, like, what are the risk factors associated with this? Because Looking at it as a very private organ, so what can actually make women exposed or like susceptible to this form of cancer? Yes, thank you. Um, we have uh, the factor that's uh, what we call human papillomavirus is a major cause of uh, cervical cancer. Uh, this human papilloma virus, when it infects the, uh, it's a transmissible uh, disease that, uh, when it is transmitted to a woman, can then cause uh, the woman to develop uh, what we call cervical cancer. But there are other factors. Only that uh, human papilloma virus takes about uh, almost 95 to 98% of the cost. But there are other factors who wish to deal with uh, lifestyle. Uh, one, if uh, a woman has uh, early sexual intercourse, it uh, can cause cervical cancer. Also, uh, women who with uh, multiple partners or their male counterparts having multiple partners. All these that I'm talking about are all related to the human papilloma virus. 
because if you have a woman that has multiple sexual partners can get infected from any of those men or if it is a man that has multiple sexual partners can get infected from multiple uh, sex uh, people and then it can transmit to the woman so they are all interrelated so the lifestyle which is multiple uh, sexual partner, multiple, either in male or female, then any sexual intercourse, people with uh, sex workers uh, also have a high uh, risk of uh, exposure. People that have uh, HIV, they also have high risk of uh, infection, of uh, development of uh, um, cervical cancer. So. Basically, people that smoke, people that drink, that shows that they have a, a capability to have a, a, their sexual uh, intercourse. I mean, they can be, uh, they can, then they have a very high risk of uh, uh, contacting HPV, which is a major cause of cervical cancer. So, those are the risk factors. Thank you, sir. Um, talking about the fact that HPV is a major factor. Yes. So, now, like, how can we prevent HPV aside from okay, screening or watching like screening your sexual partner? Uh, is there like a vaccine or a way where people can actually not get HPV? Oh, well, the main, uh, well, there are factors you can protect by having protected sex, sexual activity. Uh, also not uh, getting uh, to have uh, sexual intercourse at any stage. Uh, like I said, multiple sexual partner, being faithful to your partner, uh, those are preventive methods. Then now to screening and uh, vaccine. Yes, the one needs to be screened to know if they have uh, uh, the virus that we have talked about, human papilloma virus. So if that person is uh, negative to the uh, virus, that is you don't have that virus in your system, then such people need to be fascinated. And so that is why we are advocating that part of the immunization for children now uh, from age six, eight, before they start their sexual activity, uh, should be fascinated with uh, uh, vaccines to prevent them from human papilloma virus. And so that those vaccines are, are available now, even though they are not uh, readily available, but they are now available uh, for people that cares to get it. We can vaccinate both the male and the female counterparts. But the emphasis for now is still made on the female counterpart. But I feel uh, once you either immunize the male, there's no way to transmit it. And if you immunize the female, also the transmission cannot go continue. So both male and female needs to be fascinated, but the emphasis more on the female counterpart now. Okay, sir. Thank you, sir. Is there like an age limit for taking this vaccine? You said from six years old, so like to yes. what age? Uh, till um, 
let's say till about 40, 45 can, yes, can be immunized because um, once you screen and the person has no uh, HPV uh, vaccine, I mean, uh, HPV, I mean, human papillomavirus virus in their system, then you can receive the immunization. All right, sir, thank you so much. So we have, this program is brought to you by the Public Foundation with support from Aspiration Trust Foundation. So now, um, we've spoken about HPV a lot, so um, I want to believe that we have cancer, cervical cancer screening is different, or is it the same thing? Like, when people want to screen for cervical cancer, what kind of screening do they go for? Okay, the main screening that we do for cervical cancer now is what we call pap smear. Okay, so we do pap smear screening. Um, HPV screening is also part of the screening. So once you do HPV screening and you are uh, not positive, then you take the vaccine. Otherwise, you also do pap smear. Pap smear is also uh, a simple procedure that is done uh, is just to scrape uh, a little part of the tip of the womb that I said and then look at it on that slide to be sure that it has no uh, uh, degenerative changes or it does not develop into cancer. So once you do that, it's done once in three years. If the one you do is normal, then the next one will be in another three years. And it's recommended for every female that is of sexual age. Once you have you are having regular sexual intercourse, you have to be you have to do your pops regularly. Every once uh two in three years. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, so, can you tell us symptoms for people maybe they don't do regular screening? Like, what symptoms can women see and know that they need to run to the hospital? Yes, uh, the symptoms and signs for cervical cancer is when it depends on the state of that woman, the age. Uh, because it can happen when that person is still menstruating or when the person has stopped menstruating. So it's cut across, even up to age 65, when someone has stopped uh, menstruating. So what do they see? Is to either see when you have sexual intercourse and you are seeing blood, uh, post-coiter, we call it post-coiter, when you have sexual intercourse and then the person sees blood after, it shows that that person needs to be screened and tested to be sure that you don't have cervical cancer. Or when you have intermenstrual bleeding, um, usually ladies or women menstruate either 28 to 30 days. So you have your menstruation and before the next 30 days you menstruate again and on the normal day, it comes again, so it shows that there's a problem. It needs to see a doctor. Then, like I said, those that have uh, finished or that have stopped menstruating, and you now suddenly someone has menstruated last maybe 15, 20 years, 
assuming it's not the same God, it is not restriction, that one has a problem that's likely to be a cervical cancer. Again, some will not bleed. Some will start having vaginal discharge, uh, offensive vaginal discharge, uh, foul smelling, it shows that there's a problem, and so that person needs to see a doctor. Those are the signs and symptoms of uh, cervical cancer. Okay, thank you so much sir, for that. And lastly, we'll be talking about the management and treatment options for people that are already diagnosed. So what are the options available, especially for people in Nigeria, and where can they go for care? Like I've uh, repeatedly said, it's, um, we need to detect all these diseases as early as possible. It is curable if it is found early. And so for early uh, cervical cancer, the treatment options are also surgery and uh, possibly sometimes radiotherapy, depending on the option of the patient. So surgery can be total removal of the womb itself, and then it can also be a partial removal of the affected part of the womb. Uh, that is as for surgery for any disease. Then also, if you don't want to stay remove your womb, you can have radiotherapy, both um, brachytherapy and external treatment, and then that will be off. Then for advanced disease, it is basically uh, radiotherapy. Surgery cannot be done at that stage if it is advanced, and so it's just radiotherapy and chemotherapy. So that, those are the options and they are available uh, most places that uh, an oncology is in Nigeria. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. We've learned a lot about cervical cancer. Um, thank you, Dr. Ayurvedi, for that shimmery. And I remain Dr. Fabo This session is brought to you by the Government Foundation with support from Aspera Coronation Trust Foundation. And if you have questions, you want to make clarifications, you can message us, or you can reach out to us on 08-777-9043. And you can also send us an email, info at dove-avenfoundation.com. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you.